Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to the College Football Preview episode of The Beat. Brought to you by BetMGM. I, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Brendan Quinn here. Uh, we would have played the um, CBS SEC football intro here. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> but we probably would have gotten sued by the new yes. Super League, so we didn't want to do that. But um, football's back, man. How are we doing? I'm great. I am, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Sit down, watch some football. Uh... Starts, uh, well, I mean, send it technically out, started send Saturday. Some, send out some snarky tweets, you did know, you, piss some people off. Did Perfect. You watch, did you watch... Best um, time of year. Did you watch Nebraska-Illinois on Saturday, last Saturday? I was at a... Where the hell was I? Oh, I uh, so I bombed in and out of Philly real quick for the day oh, that's on right. Saturday. That's right. you did but I, I met up with some siblings uh, during the day. And the game was on in the background, and like as they're talking about like family stuff, blah, blah blah. I just I felt myself just getting drawn more and more to the football game and watching it like over my sister's shoulder, just laughing my ass off at uh, <laughs> at the clown car that is Nebraska. Man, did you see what Scott Frost said yesterday? By chance, I did. I did. <laughs> I think we're about done there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I what a mess. Um, Interesting start was, to the season, it, it, the but also... The comment by Martinez after the game was even better. Well, yeah, where he was when like... He was, when he was just like, course, well, you know? well, you know, this is kind of what the program's been. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoa. I mean, the, not to get too far down the hole there, but that's like... the whole, It's been like that. He's not wrong in that, like, Nebraska does so many things that make you think that they're going to be good. Like, mm-hmm. offensively, their offense is actually really smart in theory. It's a lot like Michigan. It's really smart in theory. And it makes a lot of sense. And there are times where something will crack that you're like, wow, that's really good. And they're going to be good when this all clicks. But the problem is, is like, it's so poorly installed and it's so poorly taught that like Martinez said it, like they go through these fits where like you, I don't know, you didn't watch the game all the way through, but like they were down, you know, once Illinois kind of took charge and it looked like they were going to just kind of rock them. They got like a set Nebraska right. comes right back, gets a 75 yard touchdown. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, right away. So it's like you get one step and then you fall back 17 and it's like, yeah, we say that a lot in college coaching. The one thing I took away from it was not reminding my, or was reminding myself that three or four years ago, LSU, Texas, and Florida, I believe, were all at least in conversations about maybe they'll hire Scott Frost. Sure. And you look back now and you're just like, my God. So What's what's more outrageous, that fact or the fact that like when we were kids, like Nebraska, I don't know, like any like younger listeners of the show, like I don't know 
if oh, like sure. you know no, your average yeah, 20 year old not. really appreciates like just like nebraska was a juggernaut like they, they you know. were the like, them miami right notre dame there there was like that window of time mm-hmm. where it was just like those three um were just like these forces that every game on tv all the best player nfl dudes all over the place um they were so good. They were and you just like think of terror, it now, yeah. like that, that that was like the epicenter of college football was was in Lincoln. And, it was. And now, and now it's like so many other places they just can't get out of their own way. I mean, they're like not they're not like so many other places though, almost in a way. Like Nebraska, Tennessee, and Michigan always knocks on the door of this. Right. But Nebraska and Tennessee are the big, you know, my God, what has happened here? <laughs> you know, situations and it's like I saw that I, – I wish I remembered the name of the columnist out there who wrote a story about this, but it was very good over the weekend. It's going to kick me now. I'm going to remember it later maybe. But like um, I think it was Dirk or one of those guys out there. I can't remember which one who, who wrote it. But it was the idea of like Nebraska football has gotten to the point now where if this doesn't work, then what's the point? Because like, what now? What do we do? Like what are we supposed right. to do? And it's like the same thing that all these Michigan people have sort of gone through – and fits and starts, so yeah, that's where they're at. <laughs> so welcome back to the couch football. It took one second for it to get right back <laughs> into like cheese, cold water right in your face, and then you flip it to the other side. And Brett Bielema's got the beer belly oh, yeah. hanging out, arms up in the air, and he's back, man. Here we go. <laughs> and the, the, the camera panning back into in the, the Big stands. Ten. The camera panning into the stands, seeing Illinois fans who are just delirious, and then Nebraska <laughs> fans who are just ready to burn the city down. Right. immediately cancel football oh, forever yeah. it's terrific it's terrific so are you what's your plan for the weekend well um i gotta go to michigan i'm gonna go to michigan state later today on tuesday here as we record and then i'm gonna i'm not gonna be at their game friday night though that's in um evanston so i'll watch that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you got michigan um Nor- uh, michigan and western on saturday here in ann arbor at uh, noon so we got two of those those two games and i think maybe uh if i'm lucky an AEW pay-per-view uh, somewhere along the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, we do Amazing. have college football. Ohio State's on Thursday, I believe, as well. So, um, yeah, in two weeks we get NFL, too. So I'll be bookended uh, the rest of the way here, Saturday, Sunday. Spoken I will be, uh, I'll be racing back from Toledo on Friday. That's right, you got some golf going. To watch. Yeah, I got the Solheim Cup down there at Inverness. Uh, so I'll be down there Friday working. I'm going to miss watching the Michigan game live because okay. uh, that's going to be a during competition at Solheim. Are you going to catch so uh, the Spartans there Friday night? I'm definitely watching the Spartans on Friday there you go. night. I, mean, I think they're going to get – we'll talk you about know? that game. But yes. Yeah, we're going to yeah. get into it here. We're going to – we'll go through uh, yeah. kind of – I'm just going to pick Nick's – this is as this is kind of – you guys just get to kind of listen to Nick previewing the season for me. I think it's what yeah. the show is going to be. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know kind of what you like about each team, what you don't like about each team, best case scenario, worst case scenario, um, and kind of get more into like the nitty gritty of the schedule and stuff like that, which we really haven't done. Both of your previews are now up yes. on the athletic in terms of your season predictions. Uh, we will get into all of that good stuff, but uh, yeah, then uh, Saturday I'm going to have to watch the, uh, the, the Michigan game on, on delay. On delay, which you know, if <laughs> it's a if it's could a could be it's an a fi- enjoyable or we'll see. That, I don't know. <laughs> if it's if it's a fifty to seven, you know, win. I, I don't think I'm gonna be pulling up the film. Right, but uh, if it's a game that uh, that 
Twitter tells me is worth rewatching, then I'll rewatch it. <laughs> you have different you have different uh, definitions of what you deem Twitter telling you is re- worth rewatching than probably most people, I would think. Usually, but, if, uh, it's, if it's a shitstorm, <laughs> shit then I'm going to need to say, all right, what the if hell It's happened? a shit show, right? Okay. All right, let's get into it. What do you got for me here? Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let's start with the team that plays first. Michigan yep. State's plays Friday. Yep. Um, you this morning published your big game, uh, your season prediction for them. Colton yes. posted um, kind of a good look at what a successful year two for Mel Tucker uh, would look like. Mm-hmm. You know, beyond just the record, I think kind of Colton kind of lays out a more nuanced look at kind of what needs to happen to show that this program's progressing more than just because really wins and losses. You know, for a program that's kind of in the spot of Michigan State, I do yeah. feel like there's really not that much difference between six wins, five wins, seven wins, right? It's way more about what you're seeing, what foundational right. oh, yeah. kind of blocks are being put in place. Because you, you lose a game late and it's, yeah, it sucks and people get annoyed. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, if, if Mel Tucker's the guy, right, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you need to kind of see more than just uh, a record. So, um I guess let's start with you there. You know, the things that you like about this team, because, you know, when I see that transfer number, it's just like, I know a lot of fans get like excited. Oh, all these new players that a lot of them came from, from, you know, major power five programs and blah, 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 blah. All I see is red flags when I see that many transfers and it's, um, it's nice and for a number of reasons, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's kind of my, my first thing. So what do you, like about a team that has that many transfers still doesn't have a name start a publicly named starting quarterback and probably far more questions and answers yeah um i mean i think that that's the thing to say there at the end is you start with what you we know about michigan state for sure and that is defensively um the strength of their team is up the middle defensively they have guys at the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball that can get it done, and we've seen that. So that's where I start with it, in that you've got guys like Deshaun Mallory and Jalen Hunt and even a younger kid like Simeon Barrow, Jacob Slade, um, and they've added players, you know, like a Drew Jordan uh, as a transfer as well. But, I mean, if you just focus on the guys that we've seen play at Michigan State that are coming back, there's a lot of, you know, their best players who are going to be good college football players, and they have some on defense, um, are right there. It's right in the middle of the defense. So, I mean, th- their strength is... I think now when you add a guy like Quaveras Crouch, who we know, again, like we've seen him play at Tennessee, we know he can run. You put him behind those guys, and that changes a lot about how I look at Michigan State's front seven. You look at what they were able to add in the secondary in terms of guys who are going to be familiar with the scheme. Uh, Williams, uh, was it Ronald Williams, a kid from Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, the corner there. Um, you know, So you're talking about talent upgrades in a lot of spots that were necessary defensively or were needed, I should say. But also, really, I think the thing for me is there's a lot about, regardless of transfer, forget that, there's a lot coming back defensively sure. for Michigan State to be excited about. So I look at it that side and say, regardless of how all the transfer stuff works offensively, um, the defense, knowing what I know about Mel Tucker, knowing what I know about Hazleton and how they coach, the, I expect Michigan State to have a pretty good defense this year. I expect them to be... Good enough like top to, half of the Big Ten? Like top half of the Big Ten and good enough to keep them in games. Good enough to give them a chance okay. every week, just about. Maybe not against, you know, we'll see, right, you know, Ohio State or Penn State or somebody gets on one and 
runs them out of the building or something. But I expect Michigan State's defense to be good enough to give them a chance. But the question now becomes, offensively, are you going to pick a quarterback who can take care of the ball? Do you have enough depth in your line, which I don't think they do? And then the other question, like you just asked, you have 33 transfers, right, coming in. Like, if 10 of them work and 23 of them are a disaster, that's bad. <laughs> okay, like, it's it's still going to possibly cause problems for you. It's a hard mm-hmm. thing. It's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of, like, plates up in the air. And we just won't know how all that's going to gel until we see it. But this one right here, this first one, is, to me, is incredibly critical because, number one, it's a game they can get. Talent-wise, I think they have what they need. Northwestern is reloading. One of those things, again, where they're... I don't even know if you call it a reload. They were really good last year. They lost a lot of talent. They're super young again. That's usually not a great recipe for Northwestern. I think you can get this game if you're Michigan State. I think you need to get this game if you're Michigan State. You can send a message to your entire locker room. Team starts today, and you go forward as a, you know, a unit, not 33 transfers kind of blending in. So I think this is one where I'm fascinated, Brendan, to see how all of it sort of looks... Because if you remember back to when last season started, that first game they played against Rutgers, I mean, it was a goddamn mess. So it can look, we know how bad it can get. We know all the change that's happened. Now we're going to start to see really um, what Mel Tucker can do. I really think that this is going to show us a lot. Yeah, really the first kind of three games. um, Because if if you go and get, you know, if you go and get bullied at Northwestern, right, then you come home, whatever, with Youngstown State. And then you go and lose decided decidedly again at Miami. Yep. Like that's when things fray, right? And it's because right now you read all the quotes coming out of Michigan State camp, right? And oh yeah, I think it's a it's a combination of natural hope of a regular of having a normal season, but also the fact of what they had to go through last year with trying sure. to implement everything that they were doing, and just getting totally, you know, just put in an impossible situation to try to get that thing off the floor, right? Yeah. So now if you come out and, and these guys have real reason for hope after the first three games, if you go and maybe steal one of those, right? If you come out two and one in the out of those first three games, yes. then it's like, okay, they might have something really, you know, they might have something here. Um, right. But but if you go and, and get kicked around a little bit, that's when it becomes, okay, those 33 guys that transferred, what are they <laughs> thinking? Right? right. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and the guys that are returning – what are they thinking? And even the coaching staff, what are they thinking, right? That's when it's like, it's when it really tests everything. The disaster scenario place. for Michigan State, yeah. okay, is getting their ass kicked Friday night. Yeah. If you if they go out there and look like a hapless mess and get their ass kicked by a Northwestern program that, now, we will say this now. I mean, like, Northwestern recruits, it's a different program as we know. They recruit differently. Fitzgerald has proven over the years that he, you know, his recipe is... You load up, you develop, they go up, and then when those guys leave, everything kind of comes back down. But over time, that fall has gotten a little less worse every time, right. Right? right? So if they're good enough to just be disciplined and beat you and you have and you look hapless, that's going to be really bad because, like you just said, you come home now and you got Youngstown State, the only breather on the schedule. Presumably you are a mess with 33 transfers wondering, what the hell did I just get myself into? Mm-hmm. We'll see about the quarterback situation. All the questions that have been ignored through camp as you try to work together now bubble up. So it's critical that they at least perform well in this game. Even if they lose, 
you have to acquit yourself well and you have to show that there are things happening here that are you know going to translate well as you go down the road because like you said you win that one you come home to a kind of a celebratory atmosphere a little bit maybe you True. get over the hangover and you beat Youngstown State then you're 2 and 0 going to Miami and maybe Miami's scared to death of you and doesn't know what the hell's coming and who knows then sure. who knows and then that is the space the who knows is the space where Michigan State football thrives and has thrived, mm-hmm. you know, forever. Every time Michigan State's had a great season, it's been because of that. They find their way to slowly creep up on teams, get better a little bit every week, and then, oh, shit, look up now, and they've just surprised Miami and they're 3-0. Now what? Like, that's, yeah. that's what they do. So, like, that's how this has to go. Not exactly like that. You don't have to beat Miami. You don't have to necessarily beat Northwestern, but what Brandon was explaining I think for the trajectory trajectory of all this to hang together they need to get to the end of September with everybody still feeling the way they feel right now today on August 31st like that's the biggest part here for them what uh first of all I was stunned to see you pick them to win at Northwestern I mean well you don't know enough about Northwestern well I obviously I don't know enough about Northwestern football I think that goes without saying but yeah, go ahead. the the notion to me more so of Northwestern coming out at home yeah. under a guy like Pat Fitzgerald and losing to a Michigan State team for the second straight time. I don't think it. I don't. I, I don't see it, buddy. I have thoughts on Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> like I think Pat Fitzgerald is a really good coach. A really good college football coach, right? But he he probably shouldn't. He doesn't have to be the coach of the Chicago Bears, like right. some people are talking. I don't about. think Pat Fitzgerald <laughs> has reinvented or is going to be authoring books on game theory. No offense, Pat Fitzgerald, right? <laughs> I don't think he's some unbeatable force. I guess is what I'm saying, right? Like he's a very good but th- coach. This but, was also, but I don't think that that's not, especially when you have to look at this, the talent there. It, like I just said, it fluctuates at a different pace than it does at most other Big Ten schools. The other factor I would say, too, that I noted it in the story, this is the first game that Mel Tucker, this is the first one that he's going to coach at Michigan State with fans. They're playing on the road in Chicago. You've been to Chicago for some big Michigan State events in your day. Have I? Sure. Am I right? I would yes. expect there to be a decent swath of Michigan State fans in the building Friday night in Evanston for a team Northwestern that doesn't typically show up great for their fan base, even when they are good. I would expect them to have support. I would expect them to be really fired up. I think this game means more to Michigan State right now in every possible way than it does to Northwestern. Uh, and it's hard yeah. to not see that, you know. I, but this is also, like, what about, you know, last year, freaking Northwestern lost to two teams. Okay, well, they won the Big Ohio Ten State West, and that's the all they... Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game and Bro. this Michigan State team. No one looked at last year's Northwestern season and deemed it as anything but a rousing success. They're yeah. not they're not a program that sits there and like is like, we gotta get our revenge. I just don't see that. Maybe. Okay. But I, I could be wrong, but I just I feel like everything starts over in these situations, as you know. And especially for Michigan State right now, this is a very critical like month. This four-game stretch, like you just said. I mean, you have to show progress here. And Northwestern, yeah, they they want to show progress, and they have to too, but like, you know what I'm saying? There's a desperate team in this game, I would think, you'd hope, because Michigan mm-hmm. State should be desperate. And there's a team that's 
confident in its program and its process and is and is going to sort of rebuild along the way. And we'll see what happens. We'll see which one wins out. But that's how I look at that game going into it. I could be wrong. Right, but so, I don't see a so, lot of desperation with Northwestern football. Just me. In terms of on the field stuff, right? We'll, we'll, let's hold off on the quarterback. We'll talk about that All right. in a second. But in terms of what you're watching for on Friday, in yeah. ter- you know, functionality, yeah. you know, or, you know, can the, can the front – seven actually make the impact that I think you and Colton have been talking about of, Hey, there's a lot there and they could be really good. Right. Um, Like what are you actually watching on Friday in terms of things that'll kind of, I don't know, maybe tip you off about what this year is actually going to look like. Uh, The line, I mean, not to be that guy every single time, but it's the, (laughs) it's the offensive Mm -hmm. line and more so everyone on offense sort of, and it's the same for Michigan actually this year too, but everyone on offense sort of, Firing off the ball in unison with some crispness together. Like, we've talked about this a lot. That lag that you see with sloppy offensive teams, you know what I mean? Where they kind of come off the ball and it's sloppy and it's right. slow and guys aren't really sure. Like, if, you, if you're if you struggling, at least get off the ball with some, with some quickness here. Move some people. Can you move people consistently? Can you compete in there? Because that, to me, is kind of the whole thing here. I think Michigan State can surprise people. This year, I think they have enough to do all the things that Mel Tucker wants them to be able to do in year two. But none of it will happen if the quarterback can't can't exist in a pocket and they can't run the ball. Like, they're going to have to be able to run the ball uh, to play the kind of football they want to play, which is defense first. That's still how they are right now as a roster and everything else. So if the line can't hold up, and like we talked about, I just don't have any faith in their depth... um, if I have one question in there, like it's going to be like, well, it's going to be uphill because now we got to see, you know, if there's, you like the five that you put out there, but if there's one or two guys in there, that's like, that's not, I don't see it. You know, you're right back to where you started. So it's really critical that you see growth up front from them right now with the way they want to play, the way they want to manage a game and the way they want to go through these things, shorten the game, rely on your defense. Don't screw up. Just be the team that makes the least amount of mistakes and in college football, that's usually you end up with a pretty good batting average, but you don't get there without a good offensive line. So to me, that's where it starts and stops for Michigan State. It's right there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, because correct me if I'm wrong, it does seem like they have like some legitimate potential playmakers and talent. Yeah, they do. Uh, whether it's the Walker kid as kind of the feature back or it's... Um, Even Naylor some of the kids Reed, coming back. Right, right. right. Like, yeah, Reed, like yeah. Those, th- those are guys that can probably go make plays if Absolutely. you give them time to, time to do it. Um, and they have more. I would add that. I would add that not to cut you off, but there's more there than there was two years ago. You know, there's more in the skill position at Michigan State right now than there was when 
D'Antonio's last team walked off the field, I would I would argue, with all mm-hmm, the transfers mm-hmm. they brought in and everything else. So, again, quarterback is a separate conversation, but you got to give the guys a chance. What were your thoughts on Tucker's kind of game day coaching last year? And, uh, you know, what do you think he has to kind of improve on or build on or whatever it may be? I mean, I think it was up and down. Um, they were weird. It was like, to me, it wasn't as much about game days with that team last year because you could tell if they had a good week of practice and you could tell if they had just a fucking terrible, awful, right. awful week, right? Like, right. the games where they won specifically were the ones where they came out and you could tell that, you know, they'd hammered in on a plan. They had a good plan. They usually had a good plan, I would say. But you mm-hmm. could tell the guys were kind of, they were in for it. They saw it work in the first or second quarter and then it sort of built. There are also games I look back to and say, like, Indiana is one that I looked at a lot where it's like a 28 nothing or 31 nothing. They lost, they got smoked. But you go back and you remember that game. I mean, like, Indiana struggled to get the yards that it got in that game. They turned the ball over. They couldn't put them away. They couldn't get rid of them. They just had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I don't know if that's an in-game situation, but, I mean, obviously the offense just keeps faltering, and they just could not figure out a way to stop turning the damn ball over. They couldn't stop figuring out a way to, you know, with the critical errors, the penalties at the wrong times and things like this. And I'm not sure if that's a game day thing as much as it is, you know, just like a, a roster growth in like the trust in your process and your program, which puts more, which again, like to the point at the top, like 33 transfers, I would think put strain on that. Like, yeah. you, you know, like, but if you're starting over, like if they looked at this and I think they kind of did like, Okay, January 1st, 2020 is over. The program starts today. I mean, obviously, he's not going to sit here and say, like, this is year zero. But if you're starting with the culture implementation and everything with all the new guys at once, maybe you have a chance there. But, like, that's kind of the thing, you know, where you look at it and you're just like, are you going to be able to hang through those adverse moments enough to give yourself a chance? And I don't know if that's a game day thing as much as it is you just didn't have any guys on offense last year that had enough confidence in what they were doing. Um to kind of grind through it. And obviously that starts at quarterback, but you know, um, probably a lot about learning your roster too. I think that that's probably the other thing I would say is you could see as the year went on last year, they started to trust more guys that they weren't trusting earlier in the year that probably could have helped them. Um, and as they got to know some of them more in the year went on, like Elijah Collins is one that was up and down. I know he got sick, but like, that was also one where it seemed like they were sort of getting to know each other. And, you know, now I think they know each other better. So whatever his role will be with the team, it'll be more useful, right? They had a lot of guys last year that kind of just stood there (laughs) and like there were spots where they might be, could have helped you. And they didn't ask them to help because I don't think they knew yet, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that familiarity will be better, but also like the culture is the culture. And I think that they sort of, told the team this year, like, this is the team, whatever it's last year is irrelevant now. Like, this is what we're doing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all holds up. Uh, Thorn or Russo? Um, I think it's probably, I don't know, because I haven't been up there. Um, my gut would say it's Russo because I think, like we talked Gotta about be. a couple weeks ago, I think, right? Like, you run into that problem with having to clear the decks again, you know? If, like, he's a, if he's an underclassman and... Like, even if he's pretty good and not great, like, that's, like, the worst-case scenario. Like, if he was really bad, 
that would actually be better for you than like if you picked him and he was pretty good but not great mm-hmm. and you're like oh shit well now no kid is gonna want to come here because he's got three more years and he sure as hell isn't going anywhere so right i would guess russo and if it's thorn that tells me that they think thorn's awesome that's that would be my gut right but he's not going to say anything i'm sure they picked it too i know i know he hasn't said anything Has i don't to. think he's gonna um i'm sure he won't until saturday I hope he's yeah, told I, the team at least, because that's the thing. If you're to, gonna do the thing to where, have. if you're gonna do the thing where you let it linger, that's a horrible. The kids it has needed, never the, worked. The kids needed to know like three weeks ago or two weeks yeah. ago. That bullshit about letting it go up until like the eve of the game is like, <laughs> I've seen that movie in person. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't work. work. Yeah, I think especially <laughs> with what we're talking about with the with the early schedule. Yeah, you just got to go with here. the experience. Yeah. You got to, go, you know, if they're it, the the amount that they're talking about, win, win, win. The focus on winning. Um, you know, there is no yeah. process of year two. But you know, all this stuff. No, it's it's time to go win games right now. The, you got to go with the experienced guy. I feel like and best chance yeah, to if, win in that moment. Yeah, that's you know ultimately what you're. Yeah, that's the most. And it, it's it's kind of the situation that we've talked about. I think it, like w- with uh, with other places where if you go with Thorne, then you have to bench him for Russo. Right, and you can't undo and that. Then, and then Russo sucks. Right, well, that's <laughs> the thing. Is you can't, you can't undo. And you got nothing. You can't undo the first decision. So that's the thing is like exactly. the quarterback thing. It's the same in college as it is. It's not the exact same, but it's similar in college as it is the NFL. And we, we were actually talking about that with uh, Justin Fields. Uh, exactly. The other day, you know, with like you can't unsee a bad debut, right? And you can't unsee a benching, but it's also like, I mean, if you you can't just start Russo because it helps, it might help you in recruiting. You know what I mean? Like if they're even or whatever, and you're just gonna go with Russo. Like if Russo's decidedly worse, <laughs> like you can't just roll with it because either. So like, or even if it's incremental, you do have to go with the better guy here. Uh, no matter what, but like you said, I mean, I would think the move would be to start Russo, but when you do that, I also assume that that means you're going to lose Peyton Thorne. I don't know why he would stay here. Just on, I don't know that. I mean, maybe he loves Michigan State. Maybe he's a separate case or something individually mm-hmm. that he would be attracted to stay. But just basic logic of college football and the way the portal works these days would tell me that the starter, when the starter is named, and it's kind of a little like I that guy. That's why I said earlier. I hope for the benefit of these kids, they've had this discussion. Because, like, I guess if you, I guess it doesn't matter now. You can do whatever. But, like, I would have thought maybe if you give a kid a chance to survey the landscape a little more than, uh, we're naming the starter on Friday before the first game so you don't have time to transfer out of here. Uh, but, like, that's the thing I guess you run into is, like, if you start the older kid, you know, the, other, the younger one has no motivation to stay. Um, right. Other than like, if he wants to to gut it out with the team, or maybe he says like, "I'll just ride it out with you guys for the year and give you what you need," but I'm out of here. I don't know. I mean, it's an awkward situation immediately, so you just got to make the mm-hmm. best of it. All right. So going through the schedule real quick here, uh, you had them with a win at Northwestern, win against Youngstown State, yeah, loss at Miami, yes, a win at home against. Nebraska. That's September twenty fifth. Now look, moving into that October. one's looking a little better now. Uh, well, yeah. That, so you have them at three and one going into October. I do. 
which I think anyone would take right now. Yeah. Uh, a win against Western Kentucky, your your toppers. The tops. Uh, then a loss at Rutgers. Sneaky um, game for the tops, though, by the way. That quarterback uh, that I noted there is from the uh, shoot work hometown of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did that's you right. see that? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I've seen your analysis there. Yes. Go tops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're a good team, uh, but at, yeah. They are, and they can they can bite you. And they, Certainly, you know, yeah. the, those are teams that circle games like this. We got a big oh, yeah. ten team. We're going to go beat them, and you know, make Absolutely. them kiss our ass and roll Absolutely. out of town. Um, October sixteenth at Indiana. I think you and everyone else would have that as a loss. Yeah, uh, that puts them at four and three going into the rivalry game uh, right. at home versus Michigan. You have that as a Michigan win. Yeah, which we'll talk more about that maybe when we get into the Michigan preview. Uh, at Purdue, November 6th, you chalked it up as a W mm-hmm. versus Maryland on November 13th. Back in East Lansing, you have that as a win, 6-4, and four, going into a road game at Ohio State. That's a loss, 6-5, uh, and five, and then uh, end the season at home against Penn State, which it'll be interesting to see what these teams are playing for. Michigan That's right. State That's right. could potentially be playing to try to get to seven wins and maybe look at a bowl. Penn State could be you know, in contention for who knows what, right? right? But I think people in Happy Valley probably think that they might be playing for something in that game. Uh, you have that as a loss. Uh, that puts them at six and six. I would guess most Michigan State fans would probably take that as opposed yeah, to the I alternative. So. Right? Yes, because um, that's what I was just going to note there. I mean, like a lot of these games, most all of them that you mentioned, uh, Nebraska, as much as we like to – Make fun of Scott Frost. Uh, even Western. They're not going to go winless. Nebraska's not going to no. go winless. They're going Rutgers, to beat somebody. <laughs> uh, Purdue, Maryland. I gave Michigan State wins in, you know, because I think they can get them. Maryland, Purdue. I didn't give them one at Rutgers, but that's a swing game. They have a lot of toss-ups, and they have a lot of games that I think are winnable, more than they did last year. So it's now it's about, you know, having a better hit rate in the games that are winnable, and that's going to determine the difference. Like, that Maryland game is, if the schedule works out the way that you know I've kind of laid it out there, that Maryland game is the most important game on the schedule. It's the most important game mm-hmm. in Tucker's tenure to this point because it would be the one that would clinch, you know, the bowl prep, the extra month right. of practice, and all right. this stuff. I mean, get you in a bowl. My God, if they can get into any bowl and finish the season with a win over anybody, and then go into the off season and recruit to that, now. We, you've got something. Like, that's how this has to go. It has to be better at the end than it was at the start. Don't care how you get there. It just has to be better at the end than it was at the start. So it's about making all those toss-ups, you know, cutting the cutting the drag, so to speak, on all those little toss-up games and, and turning, like, four of six of those into wins. And not – because it could go the other way, and you could only get one yeah, or two Yeah, I wins. mean, I, here's the thing that I don't like about the schedule is that yeah, when I look tricky. at it, I see multiple of those kind of toss-up 50-50 games as being on the road at Rutgers, at Northwestern, at Purdue, right? I think there's another one there that I'm probably missing. So, like, yeah. I have them at 5-7. and seven. Right. Hardly two. hardly Cameron Indoor Stadium here, the venues you've just mentioned, but, yeah. Yeah, but still, it's a road <laughs> but game. But still a road game, yeah. You right. know, yeah. Um, <laughs> no offense fair. to ross Aid Stadium there. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Look, you don't just walk into Purdue. I mean, you do, but but yeah, but, I mean, uh, I get it. Yeah, totally. yeah, I, I, uh, I do think that 
like I, I look at last year's success and sometimes I wonder if the wins against Michigan and Northwestern maybe skewed actually um, yeah, I mean, what the, what the reality I kind don't, of was. I don't. I think that Michigan State, I understood Mel Tucker's like, when there were times where it looked like, you know, he's bald, he shaves his head so he doesn't have any hair, but there were times he looked like he was going to pull his hair out. I got it because they were better defensively than the record or the haplessness showed. They There hmm. is more ability on the defensive side of the ball there than I think everyone, myself, I, maybe others didn't see this, for me anyway, more than I probably thought did think going into the season. The offense was exactly what we thought it would be, which is a mess. But, like, I think that they were in a better place, all things considered, than than we maybe would have thought with their talent. So I think that – I understand it. I, I get why he was frustrated. I get why all that, sure. all that stuff sort of popped up because I do think well, they have some guys. I think they do. The, it's just a matter of putting it together. I mean, that's the tricky part. So Yeah, the to me it's the – overwhelming questions on offense, the lack of depth and the schedule, the makeup of the schedule. Like I would, yeah. I would love to see them have a kind of a different, I, I do not think the schedule plays well no, for them really. this, this year, especially like everything we've talked about between the, what the first three games look like um, and how that can kind of set the tone to, you know, those kind of toss up games, some of those toss up games being on the road. Um, I don't know. Maybe they surprise. I mean, it's 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 good for uh, it's good for the pod. It's good for the uh, site when you know the old uh, Spartans do well. So go, good on you, Spartans. Go go for it. Um, go, I'll be watching. Go for it. But uh, <laughs> go but yeah, it. I'm saying five. I'm saying five and seven. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see that. I could easily see four wins too. I mean, you know, it's not yeah. out of the realm at all. And I, you know, it's just a very critical time. And it's like Mel Tucker, I think, really does get it. In terms of now, when I say that, like I don't know if I mean like he gets it in terms of he has the magic answer of fixing and building a program into a winner, but I think he gets it in terms of like you only your window closes. It only stays open for like so long, and you have got to take advantage of that. And these types of coaches, and he is one of those, usually have a better success rate in the end. And I've covered both. I've covered the one who wants to drag his feet. And stall and bullshit and talk about like how well you know when we got here this w- no and I that never works the only way that it works is with a guy like this who says to hell with everything we don't have time for it we got to go and we got to try it right now and see what happens pull the band aid and let's let it rip and that's what I think Mel's like and I think that'll be beneficial to them in the end I think that'll be the difference for them because I do think he is wired similarly to just because of how he's grown up in football and watch these guys. I mean, like the Saban culture of coaching is tricky, but if you've spent your whole like life in it and you know how to do it and you know how to implement it and put people around you that can kind of keep honest to that process, it works, but it's way easier said than done. And it's a, it's a pretty massive undertaking. So we'll see if it all can kind of click. All right, let's go down the road to the Michigan Wolverines uh, also, your game-by-game preview was published yesterday. Mm-hmm. It has generated 106 comments That's right. <laughs> that I'm looking at here. That's uh, I'm pretty sure they're all level-headed. Um, <laughs> In the first 20 minutes. <laughs> Austin uh, Meek, our, our uh, excellent colleague, he has a good story that po- published, I believe, today on Cade McNamara, mm-hmm. um, who has been named, unlike Michigan State, is the day one starter. We know it. He knows it. Team knows it. Everyone knows it. 
Um, and that's kind of, you know, set the stage, go, uh, go, go prove that you deserve it. So, um, look, I mean, you, you were in your preview, you refer to it as an absolutely critical year. We don't have to unpack for the upteenth time what <laughs> this God. year means, <laughs> um, for, for Harbaugh, for the yeah. program, for the future of civilization and, Ann Arbor. Mankind as we know uh, it. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> For the future yeah, of I, Ann Arbor. Jesus. Got to get people in those restaurants and fill those hotels on Saturdays, man. Oh, um, God. So, look, you know, when going into these early few games, right, you're, you're yeah. Western Michigan, you're Washington, um, you know, they don't play a, a Big Ten game until their fourth game of the year. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what do you need to see Beyond the obvious, you know, McNamara being a functional quarterback, which has been obviously yeah. the major hang-up for this for this team program, whatever. Um, what do you need to see in these yeah. first couple games? Well, I want to see the defense. Um, I want to see how the defense looks in terms of discipline to what they're trying to do in structure against Western. Because, and I'll tell you why, because Western, Tim Lester has been at Western now for... I want to say four or five years. And, you know, Tim, he's the guy who replaced Fleck, right? So yep. he, he came in and, you know, there was a bit of a adjustment there, of course. And they still had a ton of talent when he took over and there was a little bit of a lag. But his offense is really, really good. They've got a returning quarterback and they've been there long enough now as a staff to where this is a really good, functioning, disciplined, good offense. And it will make a sloppy... You know, not organized defense look like a joke. And it doesn't matter yeah. what your talent is. It doesn't matter if you're more whatever. So number one is I want to see if they are disciplined in what Mike McDonald and that defensive staff has implemented. Because if they are not, it is going to be a track meet in that first game. And people are going to be reaching for the bottle by the end of halftime. Because sure. that's just how it's going to go. Like, I like how the schedule sets up for them in the very beginning here. Because, again, similar to Michigan State... Both of those games, you, you, they should beat Western. And Washington is a winnable game for them, I think. I, Washington has a lot of questions about its program, a lot of questions about where they're at. They had a very shortened season last year. But more, I think we're on the same as Michigan, I think maybe even less. I think they only played four games. Uh, Jimmy Lake was first-year coach last year. They're coming all the way across the country. They have a lot back, too, more than you know, more proven guys than Michigan does. But at the same time, like these are games you can get. But what I want to see is... Guys that look like they know what they're doing, especially defensively and up front on the offensive line. Like, those are the two hinge points for the whole thing. You know, I mean, your offense at Michigan, similar to Michigan State, but even more so, they've got a lot of talent in the skill spots that if the quarterback can be consistent with 65% and above with intermediate throws, offensive line does its job, you're going to score a lot of points, period. You know, you can shoot out and beat teams that way. Uh, but if your defense can play in structure and not be embarrassing, then that can be the recipe to a season that surprises people. So you, it's in there. You, you have to look for it. Um, things have to go right, right? But it's not impossible for Michigan, just like Michigan State, to surprise people. And we look up at the end of the year and say, okay, well, maybe this wasn't as bad as we originally thought. Or maybe this coaching staff is pretty good. Right. Or maybe so, it's like, a disaster. Or beyond beyond the uh, you know just wanting to see something from the quarterback yeah. position, um, the thing that like just jumps out to me, and I, I was you know anyone knows my lack of or my, the limits of my knowledge here, mm-hmm. but 
you know, just in terms of common sense, yeah. right? The thing that really is my hang up and that I'm curious to see early this season is like how the, the cohesiveness of going play to play defensively when you have a 34 year old first time defensive coordinator who's never, as far as I know, never called plays. No. Himself? No. I mean, that's never been a coordinator. For, this is the first for, time ever. For what is riding on this season in terms of how critical it is, like we've talked about. I feel like just play calling defensively is just as big as a question as yeah. quarterback. If this guy's never called plays, and now he came up under Mark Rick and John Harbaugh, right? Mm-hmm. So okay, he's not sure, surely not. Oh yeah, idiot, he's been around right? some really good ones, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. but calling live action plays for the first time in a situation like this, yeah, is like whoa, babe. Okay, man, <laughs> like. Wh- We'll see because things can things happen fast. Um, you know, a one bad decision here and there, things come unglued. Um, yeah. It's just a major – for, for everything that's on the line here, it just seems like a wild <laughs> risk to have a, a first-time play caller running this thing. This is why this is such a complicated thing because <laughs> that conversation is so important. But, like, right now for Michigan, it's, like, also irrelevant because we need to see – First of all, we need to see if he's installed a defense properly that they can absorb and react properly on the field and function. Like that, can you drop into a basic cover three into your zones, all of the guys in coverage, and not get lost? Can you do that? Because like last year, you couldn't. So like those are the things that I'm looking at here with Michigan. And it's very similar to the Michigan State thing where it's like, it's at the ground. You're looking from the ground up. But the separate part of that conversation is like, it's year seven for Jim Harbaugh. People are not going to be like, oh, well, I mean, he's never done this before. When or if Mike McDonald gets 60 put on him by like, you know, Rutgers or whatever. No one is going to say, well, he's never done this before. Okay. Like, so... A lot has to be shown defensively in terms of functionality, efficiency, guys knowing what they're doing. All of that has to be there right out the chute or this thing is going to be an uphill project the whole year. And it might be. It might just be what it is defensively for them and they might have to deal with that. That might have to be how they play, which again, I go back to the offense and say, if that's going to be how it goes and the offensive line has to be very good, not okay, but better than okay, it has to be good to very good. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Western, like mm-hmm. they, they're looking to score the ball, right? They, oh, they yeah. get up and They'll go. Sit out with you. Yeah, yep. So, and Washington, based on them being in the Pac-12, I'm going to guess that they like to get up and go. Well, they have a defensive a coordinator, but they do. Yeah, I mean, a defensive coach, but yes, no, they they uh, throw it for sure. So you know, if you're talking, if this guy's first time calling these plays are in games where you know you got teams playing hurry up and looking to, it's a to get to the world. line of scrimmage and you got to make these quick, yeah. quick, quick decisions for the it's first time. World. I mean, that's going to be fascinating to watch. And there's right. going to be, you know, what is the level of communication? What is the, the leadership on the field look like? Who's directing who? Uh, there's as much on the line uh, defensively as, it's very as offensively. I think you're spot on. Because McDonald – Comes from Baltimore, the Baltimore school and Georgia, but like so, he's got a little Saban tutelage there um, through Todd Grantham. But he's also got the Baltimore stuff, which is from Dean Pease and um, 
uh, Martindale. Uh, but those guys, like, Dean Pease and Martindale ran defenses in Baltimore that were like, we don't give a shit what you're running. All the 11 guys over here are going to kick the shit out of the guys across from them. And that's just what we're going to do. We have 11 mm -hmm. badass dudes that we signed who I don't care who you're walking out to cover, he's going to be fine. I don't care who you're walking out to block that guy, he's going to be fine. Why don't you go pull off the starting 11 for the Baltimore Ravens and tell me if it looks like anything like the starting 11 for Michigan. <laughs> it's not the same thing. So like Baltimore's right. defense, all the things they did, it relied on being better than the guy across from them at the point of attack in the moment that mattered. Go get the quarterback. Yeah. Put seven guys on the line because we know you can't handle them. Go get the quarterback. I don't give a shit if we got four in the back against six. Go get the quarterback. That's what they did. I mean, that ultimately is what Baltimore did. So when you tell me it's going to be like Baltimore, all I think is, are you going to be doing the same thing Don Brown did? Are you going to be putting guys in positions that they can't handle and asking them to do mm -hmm. things they can't do? We cannot see that. If we see that in game one, Brendan, this is over before it started. We can't see that. You can't ask guys anymore to do things they are not capable of doing, you will lose the whole team. End of story. Like, so for Mike McDonald in week one, if you get through that game with a functional group that knows where their drops are, knows how to play and what you're asking them to play, and you're not asking guys to do things that's above their capability level, then it's a win and you move forward that way. I think that's the only way you can look at it right now. But if they're running around, man, asking guys to do stuff that they're not capable of doing... You know how that's going to end, and mm -hmm. you know that's the thing that we just don't know. We don't know what it'll look like. He has not said this is going to be a carbon copy of what we ran in Baltimore because you know that's not really possible, right? So it's right. going to be their own defense. I think that's been the big selling point is that McDonald has done a good thing, I think, in really involving the guys, the team, the players, especially the young ones, in like we're building something completely unique to Michigan. This is something that we're taking something from everybody that's been here and we're trying to install our own thing. And we're all going to have ownership of it. We're all going to take care of it, right? So that's the idea. But, like, that's great. I, I think that's a good idea. But, like, <laughs> we got to see what it looks like because, whew, I mean, when you start comparing the Baltimore Ravens to something in college defensively, I start to get lost here because, like, that's a completely yep. different conversation <laughs> that we're talking about. So we'll see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the uh, you you've said multiple times that like that Michigan is is a very talented folk, just in terms of talent level. Yeah, it's all it's there. Um, it's you know not across the board, not at every single position, blah blah blah, but just overall talent. It's a very talented team. Where do you think it kind of like stacks up league wide? Oh, wait, do you think it's in the top quarter? Do you think it's in the yeah. top third? Do you think it's in the no, top it's in half? The top quarter. Just, yeah. It's okay. in the top quarter. The recruiting rankings and all these things that we talk about and people like to have that conversation about, well, they don't matter or whatever. That's become such a ridiculous conversation. Of course they matter. <laughs> I mean, like they're, they're, they're based off of offer sheets and things like this. If you look at, and I've watched all these kids. I've watched, <clears throat> I've watched Michigan's 
uh, players come in. I know who they've recruited against. They have talent on this team. It's not at Ohio State's level. Um, and that conversation has certainly changed over the years. It's not at Ohio State's level. I think it's at Penn State's level. Um, and I think it's at Wisconsin's level. Um, you know, probably even a touch higher uh, than Wisconsin in terms of overall depth of players. But the difference is, is Wisconsin's talent is coached better. And Penn State's talent has been coached better in the last four years. And Michigan is in the same conversation talent-wise as those teams, um, the the top teams in the Big Ten that aren't Ohio State, toward the top of that conversation. But the difference has been their their talent has generally been coached poor, less or more poorly mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the other teams in that in that group, and that's been the difference. It's impossible to ignore it at this point, and so. It's a program that I wrote that in today's thing, I think it was, um, or Monday's thing, that Michigan is not a talentless program. It's a program with talent in need of direction. You know, that's it. And, um, you know, let's see if somebody can give them some of that, for the love of God, for the first time in a while, because that's kind of what they've been asking for. Give me an example of one or two guys that you feel like have maybe been, that their talent's either been held back or that they've just so... Brutally, that they've just been, bru- you know, brutally falling yeah, no, short, maybe of where of where they should be. Um, well, I mean, that, Daxton Hill that, that is you the, would have, yeah. that you would have seen in the first couple games, right? Actually, say, yeah. hey, there, there's 100%. the guy that we were supposed it. to yeah. see all along. Daxton Hill is is one, uh, and I know that he plays at a position that uh, that can be challenging uh, for some to see that come out. But he is clearly, um, you know, an NFL caliber athlete in terms of the things right. that people look for. And we haven't seen. All of that, I suppose, from him. So him having more of a role, say, whatever you want to say, uh, defensively. I would also add Aiden Hutchinson, um, who I think we've seen certainly flashes from and really good flashes, but I'd like, he has an opportunity to maybe be dominant here, and I think the way they're going to use him possibly allows him to give that a shot. So I think that could be a really good thing for him. Um, You know, guys offensively are really who I end up looking at. Like Cornelius Johnson is the one that I think I really spend a lot of time because he's a guy that I think about, I think about Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins and, you know, these other guys that came through here and had NFL, you know, ability from the minute they walked in the door and, you know, they were held back by a thousand different things, right? Quarterback not being consistent, offensive coordinator shuffles, coaches not knowing what they're doing, all this other stuff. And I look at the receivers and the skill guys right now at Michigan and that's, you can't help but think that with all of them, right? Like, are they going to get, a chance. Are they going to get a chance to do what they can do? I think Cornelius Johnson's got an opportunity to be one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. He's very, very good. Um, he made it work last year with a disaster of a quarterback situation, put up pretty good numbers, and had some really good games um, on a horrible team in a mess of a mess of a season. I think he could be very good. I think A.J. Henning, based on everything we saw from him in high school, could be outstanding in an offense like mm-hmm. this. Blake Corum could be great. We, I know Donovan Edwards uh, could could be very good right away. But all of these guys um, need help. <laughs> like, they need someone to either get them the ball or get someone out of the way in front of them to give them, like, a crack of daylight to make something happen. They need the sideline to be more organized. They need it to be more logical. They need it to get out of the weeds and focus on the handful of concepts that they do well because there's going to be, you know, whatever those are, Right. And find ways to make those things difficult to defend and lean your offense. The last time Michigan had an offense that we would call, you know, really good for a long stretch of time, Gaddis had it going at the end of 2019. But in 2018, 
Pep Hamilton's last year when they won 10 games in a row. Uh, they did it by running three run concepts. That's all they did. They, they dressed them up and changed them around and made them look different. But, like, that line could block the shit out of three run concepts, and they did it to every team they played for 10 straight games, and nobody could stop it. <laughs> Get back to doing that, man. Like, you right. can do that. Like, that's okay. Right. That's allowed. You don't need to run 5,000 things. It can be paired back. So... Year three for Gaddis, he's learned a ton, right? Like, be more disciplined, be more organized, be there for your guys. Like, I think that that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. I think so many times with Michigan, you looked out there last year and you saw kids uh, on the field in a huddle look to the sideline and just get nothing coming back the other way. We're, we got nothing. They have no answers for us, right? Like, that's what it looked like every time it looked the way that you remember it looking. So, <laughs> I mean, get rid of that. And I think it solves a lot of problems there but also it has to be functional yeah and that starts and stops with the install and you know for Gaddis that's also been a challenge can you install this properly to a point where they all get it and they can function and they don't have to think and worry and lag what does a good season from McNamara look like and how much patience do you think is going to be required of fans to not have the quick reaction of, got it, let's try something different. A good season for Magnabera would be something that keeps him out of trouble, you know, a way to protect him. I, I would say I w- you're going to have to keep him healthy, number one, and you know, I would try to limit his run reps as much as I could, uh, you know, without having to give away that whole part, part of your offense. But number one, it's keeping him out of situations where he has to put the team on his back and drag them through the fire. I mean, keep right. yourself out of trouble. Keep yourself on schedule. Keep yourself in comfortable spots. Like the way they handled um, Spate the first year. And obviously they had a yeah. very good defense that year, so it helped them. Um, but they didn't ask Wilton to do a lot. They It was a handful of things. Do this. All the great, all the good stretches they had with uh, Patterson all came when they were able to sort of like peel things back Say, okay, limit turnovers. Yeah, limit turnovers. He's, he's yep. comfortable with like six or seven things. Let's just do that. And let's let mm-hmm. him kind of cook in those six or seven things. Find those things and make it simple. I think just because the Milton stuff, um, and Joe Rexroad wrote about uh, Milton today down there uh, in Tennessee and, you know, talked to Joe a lot about his thumb problem and the thumb injury that, you know, limited him last year that they didn't, they didn't talk about a lot uh, and all that. And that's, you know, certainly part of Joe's story. But like they were asking... Joe to save them every single time they played a game. That was like the end of the first quarter and be like, all right, bud, let's see if you can throw it 700 yards on this next play. Right. So like, stay out of that, stay out of these messes where you're asking him to do all these things, just be steady. Uh, but I do think the one requirement I would have would be like your completion rate has to be like 65 or higher. Cause I don't think they're right. going to be asking him to make a huge degree of difficulty in terms of the throws, keep them simple, but you have to hit them. Like that, that's, that's kind of the, the thing you're looking for. Yeah, they got good targets. They can just kind of keep it yeah. simple. They don't need to be having him sling it all over the place or anything like that. Cre- the, create uh, layups and make now, them. The, yeah. the, the fact that this program that was supposed to become the the nation's hotbed of quarterbacks well, can't bring in anyone that could like be some total badass. Like I thought, well, I mean, there was going to be Heisman candidates but at this through, point, uh, Michigan at quarterback, but that's not the way it's worked out. Hasn't happened. Someone to so, advance yeah, right. The ball down the field without his pants falling down. So that would be a uh, step forward. Let's get into the schedule. All right. So opening versus Western, uh, you have that as a win. You, you think that's going to be close? What's the what's the line on that? It could be. Um, I'm not sure what the line is. Like Western, 
their quarterback it was super efficient. I think he was um, he might have been the like leading passer in the nation last year in terms of efficiency. Or he was like tied with Mac Jones. Or I'm thinking mm-hmm. of someone else, maybe. But either way, maybe that's the Western kid. I'm sorry, at a lower level. Either way, no. I mean, like Western, it depends on a lot of the skill spots. Uh, it depends on they think they're going to have a good offensive line again. I think their offense is going to be really good. The defense, though, was bad. So I think Michigan should be able to move the ball in that game. And Western is still going to have to be at its absolute best offensively uh, to have that thing go its way. So I think Michigan wins that game. It might not be comfortable for people, but you know I think Michigan wins that. Michigan fans always get scared of those games, right, every year. But this is yeah, one of rightfully them. This is certainly so. One of them more rightfully so. Uh, but I think Michigan wins it for sure. Michigan's a 17-point favorite. Um, yeah, I don't know if I, if I I don't know if I'd hit that number, but sometimes. I feel like the big goal out of this game uh, is to avoid that those uh those loud moans and groans in the second half of a game at Michigan Stadium that everyone have really gotten used to when it gets just way too tight and way too uncomfortable, yeah. and the the waves of doubt start to lap upon the shores. And everyone starts saying, oh, shit, not again. Not again. This is a mat, right? Like, just get through the game. Just win the game by 20, right? (laughs) No, no, no seven point game with seven minutes to go where people are just losing their shit thinking, you know, oh, my Ohio State's going to beat us by 85 points. You know, like, these boys. And that fan base just need to get through this thing. Get a couple singles. Get a couple just, singles. Base yeah, hit. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want this to be the most boring post-game press conference in the history of Michigan You want the game, next right? six weeks to be the most boring. <laughs> that's what you. That's what they're looking for. Be boring. Struggle in silence. Oh, all that good stuff. Man. But you can't because, like, week two is going to be, uh, okay, gird your loins because here it comes. No matter, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, and no idea if Washington's any good or not. Because we just talked about, we just talked about for Tucker, like Michigan State really needing to play well in the in the first game because of all the things it can do for you. If you know, it's the same thing for Michigan. Like that game, the first game, you really need to play well. But really, I think the Washington game, you can't look like a goddamn mess, right? Like, right. I don't even know if I would say that you have to win that game. Because I don't even know, I don't know what people's expectations are for Michigan externally. <laughs> I know internally they don't expect this to be a twelve and zero season. They're not expecting this to be you know a Big Ten championship year based on everything that the program has gone through. But like you know, yeah, it has to get fair. better. It has to improve at the same time. So if we see something <laughs> similar to the last umpteen times we've seen them play in prime time on national television, it's gonna get bad. Like this feels, Brendan. I remember August of Brady Hoax last year. People had allowed themselves, fans I'm talking about, had allowed Mm -hmm. themselves to believe that he had done the things he needed to do to fix all the things that needed to be fixed. Right up until Game 2 at Notre Dame Stadium. I think you were at this one. When they went out there and got their pants pulled down and it was like 31-0 or whatever it was. And it was like, okay, well, all of that stuff that people talked about over the last however many months, like it, all of it was gone in like seven minutes that night. So yeah, that can happen again here. So like, I don't think that there's nearly as much of that. I think more people are 
skeptical about this than they were at the time, believe it or not. If I put myself back to 2014, I think more people were willing to give Brady Hoke more of a shot. As fans, I'm talking. Not anybody else, just fans. As they are right now with Harbaugh, but I guess different eras. And he's been here longer, too. I guess that changes it, but... Um... Interesting, but and, it, and it, the it's team, familiar. And the team, the team was immediately uh, broken that year. And, and they were just they were going through a lot of coming out yeah, and yelling right. at us. Yeah, right. That was the year before, but uh, oh, that right. Taylor was already gone by then. <laughs> it's rained and ended, great, and he was moved. Up. That was a great time. Um, but all right, in the construction so, truck, wasn't that? Oh my god! Incredible! What a scene. Uh, so you have them losing yeah. to Washington, and I think it's kind of the nature of. It's a total, it's a coin toss. I mean, yeah, who, who knows? Is Washington no good? We don't know. I, I, is Michigan good? We Michigan don't could win that so, game, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, could big advantage that, that they're not the ones traveling across the country for the game. Yes, that's, and that's it's like, I don't trust Washington much either, uh, to right. be honest. So, you know, they just, they have more, I thought, coming back offensively uh, and based on where Michigan's defense is at, you know. Yeah, and it's one of those, you know, if you win that game and you're Michigan, you know, now for in terms of beating a, you know, a name brand, which they don't do often, right? Like, like that's, it would look pretty good. Hey, win over Washington. That's notable, right? Do we, um, yeah, now, right. The, the problem is that, you know, if they go and like win that game. Well, like, you don't have to overreact. 21-14. Oh, but you know, they'll be like 15th in the AP poll like that Monday or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I feel like people would just do it to him Same on purpose. Same story all over again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They'd be yeah. like all the people in Ohio ranking the number one overall. all right week three uh northern illinois and rocky lombardi coming to michigan stadium Uh, lombardi got a big dub last time in the big house uh (laughs) but uh you have this as a win (laughs) you have this as a win for michigan yes putting them at two and one uh with rutgers coming in yeah you have that as as a win but you know buddy i don't know uh, this is not your older brother's Rutgers, okay? I will. It's still your father's Rutgers, but it's not your older brother's Rutgers of five years ago. How about that? This might be the game of the year for them. This is absolutely the game of the year for them. You can damn sure believe that. This will be a big deal in night country uh, when they make their way to Ann Arbor. Absolutely. And And they're better. They're much better than they were. One thing I want to see is... Rutgers schedule. What what are they going to look like potentially coming into well, that game? So they they open with Temple, Rutgers. Then they're going to get murdered by Ohio State. Yeah. And then they play Syracuse. So they will probably be three and one coming into that game. Yeah, could be. Right. Um, could be trying, pretty could good. Be trying and, to get and, ranked. Yeah. Right. Could be trying so to get and ranked. then they get they have Michigan, Michigan State back to back. There you go. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that to me is a 50-50 game. Um, back to you have it predicted as a victory for the Wolverines. Getting into October, you have them at 3-1. and one. I feel like people will be feeling okay with themselves there, right? Then yeah, you go so. at Wisconsin. Uh, you have that as a loss. I think everyone else would yeah. as well. At Nebraska. You have as a win. Now, but at the same again. time, we get right back to what right. we said. Nebraska's going to beat. Right. Somebody at yes, some point. They're not losing at every Memorial game. Stadium. Very not not out of the realm. Now that team could com- that team could completely fall off the rails. They could also fire Scott Frost's ass in like week three and get uh, <laughs> right and get a little uh, get a little mojo going. Right. So I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's early. Okay. Like keep that in mind. So 
I saw some I saw some tweets. Uh, I think it was uh, Ben Muth who does stuff for Football Outsiders was like during like the third quarter was like tarmac his ass Nebraska leave his oh, ass out. Oh baby, <laughs> let's go. So well, they could leave. At. They could leave Scott Frost at an airport somewhere before then. That's yeah. where they're at. Right. You know, I mean. Old ass Tom Osborne, he's kicking around somewhere. I don't think he's a U.S. Well, representative anymore. They'll just bring him in, say, uh, you know, give him the old Barry Alvarez. I mean, we it, got this, we got this bag of bones. We're bringing him back. We're gonna see if he can coach this team for the rest of the year, even though he is uh, eighty-four years old. I mean, it's, stranger <laughs> things have happened, and he'd probably go waiting for. So, <laughs> what the hell? Why not? Oh, uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, Northwestern. At home, October twenty third. You've got this as a win. You are not high, no, on the Wildcats and, and your friend Pat Fitzgerald. You have not this year. Michigan winning at Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, your th- your thoughts. Take me take me there. Get get me into your your pick here. Yeah. I, why, why do you feel on that? It it is a toss up game. Um, again, I would say you know, and this one has been. So difficult to predict um, when either when both, especially when both sides are like questionable. Uh, when you have question marks about them, the home in a way means nothing, as we've seen. Um, it's completely irrelevant. In fact, the road team has typically, usually in the last couple of years anyway, seems to have been winning this game. Um, I think Michigan's talent is still at a higher level, and I think moreover, mm-hmm. Michigan's depth uh, is better. And at this point in the year. I think Michigan's depth and talent should be better based on I also would expect their offense. I guess it's contingent, right? It's contingent on their offense doing what I would expect them to be able to capably do based on the talent that they have, right? But it's all like, I don't know if it's going to work. But based on all the evidence we have here today, I would I would pick Michigan by like, you know, a hair. But it's like, I, that's why you hate doing this in August because... sure. It's impossible. And last year, that game was early in the schedule. I think certainly that helps a team with less depth and less talent, and Michigan State was that team. This year, it's later in the schedule. Um, I think that would help Michigan more, but again, like we don't know that. We've seen this happen. Like We've we've seen Michigan-Michigan State seasons that we thought in recent years, I can think a couple years ago, where the Michigan was bet- the better team. I think it was 2018 when they went in there and just really embarrassed them. Michigan was the better team, but like Michigan State had like – eight starters out and no one behind, you know, so it was like, if guys are right, hurt right. and you got nobody back there behind them, you have no depth. So like, that's been a thing that's caught up with Michigan state a ton in recent years. And the placement of that game, I think is more than anything right now, why I've kind of given them the nod, but I have no faith in either team right now to like, predict. Sure. you know, they're, they're both so up in the air. Michigan was also drunk with delusion coming off of that Minnesota game. Last Drunk year, with illusion of of, yeah. of what they were. I mean, it was a perfect what that year was going to yeah. be. We already had Milton, oh, know, yeah. Heisman, you know, going to New York for the Heisman ceremony to see if his name might get called or not. Chiseling off the statue. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so you've got six and two coming out of Michigan State, which would be uh, everyone would be feeling pretty good about themselves. I feel like I in think, Ann Arbor, yeah. if that were the case, going. But the back end of the schedule is no, a bit hard. of a shit kicker. No, uh, Indiana at home on November sixth. Um, I can already see kind of a sleet gray, <laughs> ugly gray. day. Yeah. Uh, just we already know. Like I've never seen Indiana play in the sunshine, so <laughs> um, I, I think it'll be just an awful afternoon in Ann Arbor oh, for that God. one. You've got Indiana winning that. Um, 
then a game at Penn State the next week. Um, obviously, they will be way up for that. I could see that. Could, could that get flexed to a night game? Could that be a possible? Oh, that's their whiteout. Situation? That's their whiteout. Yeah, it is. It's I think already it's already booked. already been announced. Yeah, like so that's an, that's that's an that's L. A, that's an L. Uh, <laughs> you've got to sit. You got to. So that's at six and four. I mean, you can only play through so many fireworks shows at once, Brendan. Okay, it's yeah. just hard oh, to deal with out there. And then, so this is an interesting um, kind of similarity between Michigan and Michigan is. State is yeah. that a Maryland hits as kind of a, it's a big game pivot yeah. pivot point in the year. Um, yeah. You know, that's a November 20 game the week before Ohio state. Um, and it's one of those, you know, you get a win there. Um, and maybe you steal one earlier in the year that you shouldn't. And maybe you're yeah. talking about getting to a decent bowl game. Maybe you're talking about, you know, nine wins or something like that, or eight wins or whatever it may be. Um, or at least good vibes going into good um, vibes going into you know last game a, a would be home a big game deal. against yeah. Ohio State. So yeah, um, yeah. What and I guess the week before is that the Michigan State Maryland game, wherever it might it's be. It's late in the season, um, but like Maryland is an interesting case too because they've added a ton of talent. Loxley has sure to to his younger brother there. Talia is the quarterback now. He's got to be better, but um, and the depth is the same thing with Michigan State. But like they're sneaky. I mean, they could be uh, pretty good. Yeah, and who knows what the hell anyone looks like at this point in the year or whatever, yeah. but you've got that as a win. So seven and four going into the game, uh, November 27th in Ann Arbor. Um, let's hope the game is played this year. And yeah, uh, that's, that's an L. That's so you've got a, yeah. a seven and five finish for for Michigan. Yes. What, how do you think that would sit? The fans would be furious. Um <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say furious. The fans would not I don't be satisfied. I don't think. I don't. The think fans would not be satisfied with seven and five. I don't know about furious. Furious is probably the wrong word. They would not be satisfied with seven and five, and I think that they would fair a section of the fan base. I think would fairly question what are we doing here, and right. so what does the seven and five look like? Right, like we've talked about. Um, are you improving every week? For me, it's like if you're seven and five, it probably means that it's more or less the same and it would be about did you lose a close game against Ohio State I guess like you if you want to start splitting hairs you can do that if they finish the season seven and five six and six and it's kind of blah then I question what you're doing you know and it's like if you just keep repeating this you know where that goes so it's going to put Ward Manual and uh, Michigan's board in an interesting spot but I would counter that by saying Seven and five would not shock anyone internally. It would not surprise. No. Eight and four wouldn't either. No. It would be about on par with what they think is going to happen. So the key here, I think, at the end is like the best way to say that you're safe and going forward would be to go surprise somebody and do something that we're not expecting you to do. If you're if you're close to the same and you're sitting here campaigning about, well, you got 1% better here in this little area over here, then like, what are we doing here, right? So, right. you know, I think that's where people are at. Um I think Michigan understands that, I think. But uh, as they say, <laughs> we'll see how it plays like, out. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I feel like the real goal for this game is or this season is to like win all the games that you should win. Win the toss ups. Technically. Win all the toss ups. And that yeah. that to me, that puts them at eight and four if they were to do that. Sure. Right? So that means your must win games are Washington, are at Michigan State, are uh, Northwestern at home. Right, all those Nebraska, games you gotta win. Those games, right? Because yeah. 
you know, if Indiana is a legit top 15 team in the country, top 10 team in the country, and you lose that game, I, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, sure. oh, but this is pathetic, right? Right, you know? of course, and, yeah. Uh, so, so if your losses are Ohio State, Indiana, at Penn State, at Wisconsin, like, that's not egregious. It's not no, good. No, but it's the same. But it's not egregious. It's the it is same. the same. And at but some if it's also, point, if, if you already have said, "Hey, we're going to keep," you know, we're going to see yeah. what what Harbaugh can have as a second act or a third act, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, yeah, it would then, depend on how it looks. It then he gets another year. Yeah. Then he gets another year. It would depend on how it looks. It would, de- it would depend on the vibes, and it would depend on who's growing and who's not, and kind of where the- you'll know it. I mean, I've said this all year. I th- I I think we'll know. I don't think it's going to be a shocking thing where we get to the middle of the year and we're like, boy, I just can't tell. I you know they've they've only they've lost three times, but it's been to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know every time. You know right. like right. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're you know like because the other thing here to remember, keep this in your memory. There is talent on this football team. Do not let people tell you that there isn't. Do not let people tell you, well, they're all kids. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, gee golly, if they could all just learn how to tie their shoes by the time the game starts. No, that is not what this is. There's talent on this team. <laughs> There's mature players on this team. There's guys on this team who've started before. Coach them. Do your job. Get it fixed. Or don't. And leave. Like, that's how this has to go. <laughs> Like, people are not going to go down the road here for, like, seven more years of, like, well, we'll just fix this part of it and then just try it again. Like, no, man. Like, there's talent on the team. I know they have a long way to go. I know they're young. And I know there's a ton of newness with the staff. I get all that. And all that is important and critical and needs to be put in context when you're judging Michigan this season. But so does the fact that there's a talented roster here that needs to start playing like a talented roster every game. So if we see that, like, I think that they're going to be fine. If we don't, then they won't. And I think that uh, that'll be up for Ward to decide. And that'll be his uh, cross to bear. That's why you make the big bucks, man. my man. Yeah, That's I don't know what to think bucks. here, man, because you keep hitting me with the whole talent thing, and I'm like, All right, I'll buy it, you know. But It's not it's about buying. To... I mean, like, if you've seen these guys play, it's, this happens every year. We get to the end of the year, and you're like, well, how'd they get seven draft picks? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Because they were good players. You know what I mean? Like it's they're not absent of talent. They're not Ohio State. They're not Alabama. They're not um Clemson or any of those teams. Georgia. They are in that next tier. They're toward the middle of it now. They're not toward the top of it. You know, right. they're not they're not the best of the rest anymore. But they're in there. They're in that pool. Wherever you want to throw them. And to me, that's all the same, more or less. It's all varying mm-hmm. degrees of difference. And the best teams that come out of that pool are the ones that are best coached. So go coach your team. You don't have right. the best roster, but you have a pretty good one, and you have one that's good enough. Go coach them. Like, that's where this is at. and It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. So, yeah, like my instincts on uh, predicting how this thing's going to go is that when – and now this is the obvious pessimist in me. This is mm-hmm. the, you know – Of course. I assume it's not going to work out for anyone ever. Yeah. So um, – when every kind of determining factor of the year starts with like hope, like oh, if you you hope McNamara works out, you hope McDonald works out, you hope that all the talent gets fulfilled, you hope that Harbaugh learned a lot of hard lessons, you hope that the offense has functionality, blah 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 blah. blah. 
The odds of all that working out right, exactly. are pretty goddamn slim. And you know usually, I- if it goes wrong, then it goes wrong. Really right? wrong. Yeah. I don't see this thing going wrong and bouncing back. Bro, you know I don't I- see that happening. No. I do not see that happening. Especially with this schedule and the back half of the schedule when they're just going to be, you know, getting dragged across the finish line and it turns ugly. You know what I told them? I see six and six, right? I see six and six. And it's like, juxtapose it with basketball, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, no. Dickinson's already proven that he's a guy who's going to fulfill his talent and be a He's already done it. (laughs) Eli Brooks has already proven he is going to do this and do that, right? Yeah, right. The fresh, you know, Howard's already proven he brings in legit freshmen and coaches them up. So those guys are going to be taken care of. Howard's already proven that he is, you know, as good of a coach as as you'll find out there. So I have no problem saying that team's going to be a top no. five team in the country because I've seen it with my eyes. I haven't exactly. seen shit from this program. That's right. So I'm going to say they go six and six. Well, I mean, I said they're going seven and five. So what's the difference here? You know what I told? You know what I told uh, re- our resident uh, buddy and Michigan fan alum, uh, Chris Burke, the other day. What's up? When he was, we were talking about Michigan. I said Michigan could use some breaks. In a season. Yeah. And it has been Overdue. a minute. Overdue. And I said, the last time Michigan got breaks in a year that were like significant to a point of where it happened more than once was when Brady Hoke used an eternity's worth in 2011 <laughs> to get him to 11 and 2. So, but that's been a decade ago, is what I told Chris. And I said, now, you've got to be restocked. The football by gods now. have any like sense of humor at all, they would have at least given you like five. Of those back, right? So you yeah. can restock it a little bit. So I was like, you just need a couple of things. They do need that though, right? Like they do need a couple of things for to just like, hey man, that guy, that team's best player hurt his leg that day and he couldn't play. So you got a dub or whatever. <laughs> like that's how it went. Oh well, moving on, right? Like they need something. Not, you don't want anybody to get hurt, right? But like I mean, obviously sure. not that. But you need... Somebody to fumble a ball in the fourth quarter. That's the it's the bounce of the ball. ball. It's, it's not the injuries. It's the it's weird the, thing that happens. It's Ronnie Hillman yeah. running to the end zone when you're playing San Diego State, and he just drops the ball, and there's no one around him, and you recover it, and it changes the whole game, and it changes yeah. the mood and the confidence of your team, and like that's college football. It's a wave, and like Michigan has spent a lot of time in the last several years getting beaten into the ground by the wave. Mm-hmm. get on the board and see if you can ride one, right? Like that's kind of where you're at. So let's see if they can maybe get something to go their way, I guess. I don't know, but they do need a break or a bounce or something. They could use one. They're due, I'd say. Yeah, and it would be I mean it would be trust me, it'd be far more interesting to watch ten and two than six. Of course. Six. Of course. Like, you know, I it would be it would be pretty incredible to actually see this thing kind of get turned onto the right track and uh and actually everyone around here breathe for once, it seems like, you know, so that'd be, right. that'd be great. Um, that would be great. Not betting. Geez, my I mean, though, but, I mean, God, <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, if they go 10 to two, Ward would just be at the chop house. Just like, Oh my God, everything I, would taste better. He'd probably retire. He would just be just living large. <laughs> like, I, Absolutely. I, retire. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hereby retire just and you will never hear out. me hear from me again. <laughs> right. I'm going to go okay. play Radrick and not talking to anybody. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. So, well, right, this was man. good. Yeah. I think we uh, I think we covered everything. That is everything you could possibly need to know unless you actually want any depth of knowledge 
about well, we'll this give you that too <laughs> as you go forward we, i guess we'll be back next week we'll just break down week one yeah we will break down week one and whatever else uh, if you got any questions out there you can throw them our way as well absolutely uh all right well that'll do it thank you nick for the yes, uh the uh the, the preview this is way better than the magazines uh, <laughs> talk to you uh so that'll do it for this week uh get out there folks make sure you are uh Support your local restaurants, whether in person or on takeout. And when you do, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers.